Hello, everybody. This is Caleb. And this is Erica. And thank you for listening to episode three of Yikes a Movie. Today's episode is a very special episode because it features our very first guest, Mr. Andy Goshi. He is a television writer and a longtime friend of ours, an all around good dude. Andy, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Oh, we're great. We're good. It's this is so fun. I can't believe this is finally happening. We got a, our first guest. This is cool. So this is Andy Goshi is with us, and he is a longtime friend of ours. But he is also a writer in show business. Is that how you would say that? You could say that. Sure. Yeah. Cool. And um, so explain to everybody what, what exactly that you really do. Um, I write for, I've written for a few shows. I wrote for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, I wrote for a show called Could You Survive the Movies? And it sounds like, you know, a little complicated, but it's not. I just, I open the computer up and then I just type and I write out stuff and <laughs> I send it to the director and they shoot it and the actors read the lines and, and it is whatever I put on the paper they do. So it's kind of cool. So essentially you're, you're the boss. You tell everybody what to do. Uh-huh. Cool. It's, it's like the top of the chain and all of, and in all of Hollywood, which is really nice <laughs> to be there. That's well, not true. You know, you're joking, but at the same time, I have heard that TV is more of a writer's medium. Is that correct? Yeah. Directors kind of come in more like for hire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll come in and kind of do the showrunner's vision of what he wants the overall. Or she. Feel, or she. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) This is gotcha journalism right here. Andy, do you love what you do? I do, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, I get, like, a little uh, lazy, so then when I'm not doing stuff, I have, you know, a lot of anxiety at night. When I go to bed, I'll get a bit of a a hot streak right across the top of my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) I do wish that I do wish there was the video component for this because I liked the visual that you gave of the hot streak. That was good. Yeah. So can you give us a, in as brief as you'd like a version of how you went from small Midwest boy to writing on TV shows? How does that work? Yeah, I went to film school out here, and and from there I did some odd jobs that led to getting on, you know, being a PA, um, you know, getting lunches and stuff like that, and then that led to being a PA for the writers, and then just kind of worked up from there. So a lot of luck and timing, um, not a lot of talent, which I'm starting to realize, and and again, that's why I get that hot forehead at night. <laughs> that I makes think... me sweat. Well, I would assume because I'm very similar that because it is something that is so cool and is something that you have dreamt about doing that you probably do feel a little bit of like that imposter thing, even though you're actually doing it, it probably does feel like they're going to find me out any second that I can't actually do this. But I'm here to tell you, you can actually do it because you've (laughs) been doing it. You can do it, Andy. They would have fired your ass. I'm glad I, I'm glad I did this. (laughs) yes therapeutic what show did you what was your first production assistant job like for what show 
I worked on parks and recreation in the office. I didn't work in um, the writer's room on that one. So I was getting lunch for crew office people and stuff like that. And then one of the writers on that show created Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I moved over to a writer's PA. And what year was that, do you think, when you started? Or you probably know. 2013, I think, was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine, was that the first show that you wrote an actual script for? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did a few scripts for that one then. And then a YouTube series called Could You Survive the Movies? I did two seasons of that. And I did uh, an episode for a show called Sunnyside, which didn't make it. It was canceled so fast and they didn't, they've only showed it on NBC.com. Oh, really? Not not Peacock or Hulu or anything like that. Not even the TV? Um, Well, I'm just curious, but like how, how did that come about as far as they were willing to take a chance and let you write something? I mean, they knew what they had in front of them, I think. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The raw talent. It was more of a, on their part, it was more of a win. When is he going to do something? Yeah, will you please write something? You have to be having a hot forehead at night because we're waiting here for you. <laughs> no, just luck again, you know, like being in, in the room and around everybody and getting the opportunity to write a script. So I was very lucky. So you were like, so after your production assistant, you were a writer's assistant? Yeah, and a script coordinator. And is that typical then... Is the idea that the people that have that position will eventually start writing or they'll start submitting things? Like, how does. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of that's like a, a lot of the people in that position. That's their goal is to be staffed as a writer. So they'll they'll work there okay. in that position and then try to jump up to be. And I'm, ass- I'm assuming that's a pretty normal trajectory then for somebody who is going to eventually. It's all over the show. place. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's not really. I mean, there's. Some people can get hired from that, but they hire a lot of comedians or they hire oh, okay. personalities on Twitter that are really funny or have a big following, things like that. Really all over the place. There's no one one direction. Erica, do you have any specific questions about any of that kind of stuff before we get into no. why Andy is here today? No, I want to know why you're here today. Uh, because we watched a movie and I think it'll be fun to talk about. What movie? The Mist. Nope. Close. <laughs> Did I watch the wrong movie? Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> the Fog of War. Would you stop? It's called The Fog. I know. We watched what well, yeah, The Fog from 2005. <laughs> that would be funny though if you had accidentally watched the remake and we <laughs> yeah. watched the original. <laughs> really talking it up. You guys are like it is so good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So yeah, we asked you to to come on and to and to pick a movie, and instead of picking one that was like your all time favorite or in your top favorites, you chose one that you said you hadn't seen before. That's right. And so you hadn't like seen any of it, like on TV or anything, or yeah, had... yeah, I didn't really know what it was about. I've been um, watching a, older movies and horror movies with my nephew, and we've happened to watch a good chunk of John Carpenter movies. So that was on my list. So I uh, had been wanting to watch it. Yeah. Well, what a cool reason to watch it is to talk with your friends. Yeah. I just watched it for the very first time when we were doing our 46 Halloween movies this year. So just like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And I 
loved it. Is that a spoiler? Should we not say? <laughs> no. Well, that was going to bring me to my next thing was uh, I thought we could start with kind of our general thoughts without getting specific about any parts yet. Uh, how'd you feel about the movie? I thought it was awesome. John Carpenter is a lot of fun to watch and his music is always fun in his movies, you know? Oh, yeah. The familiar... He's, uh... he's the best. Um, yes, I love that about him. I love that he's a writer, a director, and a composer. Like, he has such a specific stamp, and he uses Dean Cundey, the cinematographer, a lot, so a lot of his movies have a very, very similar look to them. Yeah, and also... Um... It's like cool watching these movies and uh, putting together that he has a lot of the same cast. Yeah, that is fun. And he likes to like name characters after cast members, so it starts to get real confusing. Yeah, 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 especially with um uh what's her name? Loomis, who is <laughs> the girl who is in Nancy Keys who is in Halloween. Yeah. Is also in this movie, which I was like, "Oh, cool. I I remember her from Halloween. I like her." And I don't remember seeing her in a bunch of other stuff. And yeah. so I was excited when she came on. And then I was, I was like, oh, I happened to see in the credits, it said uh, Nancy Loomis. And then like right near there was another Loomis. And I was like, that's weird that there's two Loomises on this. And, it, and it's also weird that Loomis is the guy's name in Halloween. Yeah, which is also like a, like a tr double or triple reference because Loomis is the name of the character of the boyfriend in Psycho, which um, his name is his name is literally Sam Loomis, and then Dr. Loomis's name is Sam Loomis. It's just this whole hodgepodge of real-life stuff and references. John Carpenter said he got the name? Yeah, but I think it might have just been coincidence that Nancy Loomis's name was Loomis, or maybe he just doubled down on the Loomises. I don't well, know. Well, Google said that she was married to that guy, Loomis. Who was also on the movie, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah. That's weird, man. It's all mixed up. Maybe when he was like... I think incestuous doing, is the word I was thinking. When he was trying to cast, he said, you only come here if you're tied to... <laughs> if your name is Loomis. Loomis. Yeah. I had seen this movie when I was maybe a teenager, and... I remember at the time when I first saw it, I liked it, but I was a little disappointed because... I thought it was just like a killer fog. And when I had no idea it had pirates. Yeah. And I think at the time, it was probably around when the Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out. And it was just kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like that aspect of it. Yeah. And then watching it as an adult... I can't remember if I had seen it all the way through in between then and then when Eric and I just watched it a couple months or in October. Uh, but I absolutely loved it. I was like, this is great. And I know like tonally uh, Carpenter wanted, because he, I, I, I should have looked this up, but I do believe that this is like, at least theatrically, this is the next movie he made after Halloween I don't know if he might have done some TV thing in between there, but yeah. I know that he, like, uh, thematically and style-wise, wanted to make this very different than Halloween, where Halloween is this very taut, it's, you know, 
it's the first slasher movie that follows like the rules. There's proto slashers before that, but he wanted to make the fog just be a ghost story. Yeah. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you, since you read up about it, but apparently the, he shot the entire movie and then they had all these reshoots because it just didn't work because mm-hmm. it wasn't scary. And yeah. so all of the stuff with like the inserts of the pirates and them like, you know, being brutal and you, there's no blood in the movie, but some of the deaths are pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one where it's where he's, where the pirates are killing the guys on the boat is pretty intense. Yeah. When he you know, when I read that there wasn't any blood, I was like, Oh, that's crazy. Cause it felt really graphic. Like when he gets stabbed in the shoulder or the chest, I was like, ooh. Or the guy getting his eyes poked out. That's Yeah. It's very, it's violently done, but yeah, there isn't any blood, and he was really hoping to get a PG rating, because there was no PG-13 at the time, but yeah, uh, I think it's still, yeah, it still ended up being R, because it's, you know, it's, it is, it's graphic without being gory, necessarily. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you liked it though. That's good. It'll make this conversation a lot easier. Because <laughs> yeah. that would have sucked. Sit here and if... listen to you guys talk about it. Because I thought it was garbage. <laughs> okay, so you just want to dive into our notes? Yeah. I have a note. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I have a note that's right at the top. Okay. Is there's a quote at the beginning by Edgar Allan Poe, and I wrote it down. It says. Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? In no way do I think that represents anything that you're about to see. There's no... There's no... I don't think that there's... Yeah, what does that have to do with anything? I know. there. Yeah, there's no... Even remote, like, dreamlike quality to the movie. Maybe logically. Like, some of the logic stuff you know, when, like, all the characters are eventually going to kind of meet up at the end. A lot of it does seem, like, really circumstantial. Mm -hmm. But I think that's more just trying to move a plot along as opposed to, you know, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, the logic in that movie is weird, but it's supposed to feel like one giant dream. That makes sense. Yeah. And and not that the movie has to be, like, dream-heavy or something, but did you feel that that was like indicative in any way of the of the movie yeah i mean not knowing what to expect i didn't i guess i kind of like accepted it you know <laughs> and i was like huh? you know uh, but yeah it's it's funny that yeah there is no real connection to that he's just probably like i like Edgar Allan poe yeah <laughs> he writes Quote the raven nevermore here's the fog <laughs> here's yeah i i wonder if he the city is the raven <laughs> I wonder if he was like, man, I've always wanted to like put this quote up top of something, or I wonder if in his head they did connect in some way. Or yeah, maybe. He was I don't like, know. this is the only Edgar Allan Poe quote that is vague enough, you know. And I'm not shitting on the movie. I don't want to start off, you know, ragging on it, but yeah. I just thought that was really funny. Well, I'll tell you what. My first note is is a little shitty too. It says. This old man's story is too long, and he's bugging me. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was part of the reshoots too, because he wanted to like establish a mood. Yeah. So, and you can tell that it's. I mean, you could. It, it's not surprising, I should say, that that's a reshoot because it really doesn't have any like connective tissue with the rest of the movie, as far as like, oh, that scene allows all these other scenes to happen, but it's just, it's giving you the story of like the Dane. 
the pirate ship and and the ghosts and stuff. But yeah, and it's kind of weird to think that that didn't exist in the movie before because it is kind of helpful as an audience to have that set up. But yeah, it is a little. I wrote campfire story mixed feelings because I I like the idea, but I don't know how effective it is. What did you think? It's funny that it's like to do the movie and then people be like, it's not scary. And then you're like, well, what the fuck, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it worked all the way up until this point. And then to have to think of the stuff to reshoot, it is funny to me, like, cause it's all in there and it all works, but to be like, Oh, you didn't have, I mean, the story is a little, like you said, they just kind of, it's not like too much connective tissue or whatever, but um, it's funny. Like, cause I, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but when, yeah. when the, corpse falls out on jamie lee curtis that was a reshoot too and it's like you remember that scene and you kind of think like oh that was pretty freaky when that happened and it's like oh, that wasn't in the original one like yeah it's bizarre yeah. it is it is bizarre and i read recently that the filmmaker edgar wright before he started making movies had read about how john carpenter made this whole film was shocked that it didn't work and then had to put all this stuff in it. And he said it really freaked him out. And he's just like, so every movie from Shaun of the Dead and on, like, he purposely built in all of these extra days into their schedule. Oh, that's because funny. He was, and he still does it, like, now. He's just like, and how valuable those reshoots can actually be. Or additional shooting, they sometimes call it in the biz. Yeah. Uh, but what I do love about the campfire scene is I, it's like a, it's a cheat. There's like a, there's like a cut in there that you can't see, but it shows the old man and then as he's finishing the story and then the camera like pans up and then it's all black for a second and that's where the cut is and then it pans up and it shows that beautiful shot of the beach mm -hmm. to reveal the, the fog title. And yeah. just that shot alone is like a hundred times more effective than the actual campfire. Like just looking at that beach at night is awesome. Mm. So yeah. good. My first note was, can I ask you something? Are you weird? <laughs> I do have, are you weird? That... <laughs> well, that wasn't my first note. My first note was the Loomis thing, but. <laughs> well, let's, let's jump ahead for a second and talk about that. Cause that. I told her as soon as the movie was over, I was like, if Andy had any note, it's going to be the, can I ask you some, are you weird? Because <laughs> that sounds like the kind of thing that you and I would laugh about. Yeah. It's yeah, so and good. I, and I his response. And I saw just slightly that it said, are you weird? And I was like, oh. Oh, on Instagram? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And his response of, yes, I am, is, is perfect. What yeah. do you think of... Um, what do you think of the actors in general in this movie? I thought they were awesome, and like I liked seeing I liked seeing all of them. Uh, like I said, reappearing in a John Carpenter movie. Um, I have to Google it to make sure I have the names right. Okay. But I liked I liked seeing uh, well Loomis Keys, and but then Tom Atkins was fun to see too. Yeah, and he's great, obviously in uh, Halloween Three. Yeah. All of my notes say Halloween three guy because I couldn't remember <laughs> his name or the character. He's name. great, and in in Halloween three, he has a he has like this big triangular mustache that, that goes from you know his nose down to his mouth, 
And <laughs> I get so used to seeing that, that in when we watch The Fog, it looks that the distance from his nose to mouth is like, looks three times too long. Yeah. It's so creepy, but I love it. He's so great, though. Yeah. I love seeing Jamie Lee Curtis go from Halloween to this, where she's the main character, and then she just plays this bit part that's very, very different from Laurie, so it's cool to see her early on, even though she doesn't have a ton to do in the movie. It's just cool to see her range that early in her career. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, just my note for Are You Weird, I put uh, potential best line of all time. <laughs> so it's good. the delivery is just great. Yeah. It's also like she's weird because why would you ask that like you want you want to secure you want like the whole interaction is like oh and then she's like good and i'm satisfied with that yeah like are you weird i am good you know oh okay a little bait you and switch like a little bit of a weirdo too then don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh i also wrote uh what are their ages supposed to be yeah i assume well because in halloween she was not i don't think she was actually a teenager playing a teenager like they typically do I think she's supposed to be maybe 25 in this movie. And he's okay. he's probably an alcoholic 40 or 35. <laughs> Not 35. No, I'm just saying that. No, alcoholic what, 40 is... In real life, I'm just saying in the movie, they're, he's probably supposed to be younger. That's what they do in these pictures. <sighs> I don't know. They did that in Halloween 3, too. That age gap was uncomfortable. I did not care for that at all. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, before... I still need to watch Halloween 3. Like you, you haven't, haven't ever? Seen... I never watched it. Andrew John. Oh, it's, I, uh, it's I love Halloween 1 and 2, and then I, in my mind, 3 was always where it went bad because there were so many of them, and, and Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't in it, but now it's like, obviously, I'm, I know that was uh, not the right way of thinking before the are you weird the the one of the things that i had was the john carpenter cameo did you catch that i didn't i didn't he is the guy that works for the priest oh that's john carpenter that says he wants to get paid and his acting is real bad it's so funny <laughs> yeah. uh, is that what you like you said Oh, I want to say so many things to you right now, but I'm going to save them for... Yeah, that was probably one of them, oh, for sure. I feel like that was around that time. And his character name, another one of those, like, incestuous uh, Carpenter world things, is his character name is Bennett. Um, and I, they might... I don't know if they say the last name, but uh, Bennett is who Ben Tramer from Halloween 2 is named after. Yeah. He was a he was a I think he was more of a TV writer, uh, but he was a writer friend of Carpenter's, and so he he always has doesn't always, but he often has Ben or Bennett Tramer stuff. Yeah, film fact corner. Film fact. One thing before we get past the "Are you weird?" that I had was I do love all of the paranormal activity that's going around in the town during the credit sequence. Yeah, including like the. You got your stock boy and all the stuff smashing. You've got your the phones going off is great. The gas. And do you think? Are you familiar? You, you've seen Close Encounters. Yes. 
did it did that feel a little reminiscent of like a close encounters kind of thing because this is and this is before poltergeist which it would kind of do the same thing but just i love in movies where before the ghost or before the aliens or whatever appear like just a series of weird stuff yeah atmosphere yeah now that you say it it does yeah it's uh i wonder if they like if they were like hey uh you stole my sequence dude and he's like <laughs> you can't copyright a sequence and he's like well well i don't know what you're talking about i mean close encounters is just a bunch of toys we had you know gas shooting everywhere out of a gas station so. i did like how like i liked how everybody just like not only was it happening the paranormal stuff yeah but like it was just normal like nobody acted like it was a big deal you when they're together uh the loomis i can't remember her name she's Nancy loomis's character yeah oh yeah it's uh sandy 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 yeah, yeah. she sandy says later like uh Oh, yeah, and my car alarm was going off. And, like, that's it. Like, first of all, the whole town, like... Well, that's all she saw. No, like, other car alarms were... Like, there was a whole bunch of car alarms going off at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, nobody's... Nobody acted like it was... Even when they're talking about it, it's just kind of like... Meh, it happened. I do think that's kind of semi-realistic, though, because I do feel like when weird things happen you would just mention it like once like that, but you're not going to talk about it all day. I don't know. When I bought three milks, I've been telling everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Okay. So my next note, Oh, sorry. Did you have anything else to add? I was saying it's funny that they all kind of were just like, yeah, that was weird. I think it's probably just one of those. That your party coming up. Yeah. Like a logistical thing to get the plot going or something. Yeah. Well, and it makes it seem like, you can buy it, I guess, because it's just normal. Yeah. If everybody acted like it was so crazy, then you'd be like, this is crazy and unrealistic. Right. I just thought it was funny. It would be like the story of the century or something. Uh, my next note that I'm very fond of is I like the cuddling sailors. I like how the sailors on the on the boat, when they're looking at the fog rolling in, there's the two guys in the background who are like one inch. Oh, yeah. Each other. The cuddling sailors. Not about his wife. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the fog, though, and just in general, when they see it, I think all the fog effects are so awesome in this movie. Yeah, like none of it, none of it looks bad. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I like the idea of when you're watching a movie, you're just accepting art. Uh, you're just accepting all the artificialness, and mm-hmm. so when things don't look real especially like in older films like now if something doesn't look real my brain just is like oh it's cgi and then i kind of have like distaste for that but like when it's uh an older film and you're like i have no idea how they did all these fog effects yeah i know i think some of it is animated but most of it is just real like dry ice or whatever they use and i bet it was really hard to control Mm-hmm. And there was probably like giant fans or something blowing fog around, but yeah, it's all. Oh, I read. I uh, I read um, that when they did the promotion for the movie, that they had some theaters that had fog machines in there. Really? So you'd walk in and there'd be fog. Yeah. Oh, that's that fun. is cool. Sounds like it seems like a tripping hazard nowadays. I don't know if you could get away with something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, they trip over the machines, and when the the sailors run up to look 
where they go up to like the top of the boat to to look out yeah. and you just see like the top of the the what was that clipper ship or some yeah. big sailboat thing yeah uh that is so cool because really... you really only see it from what they would be seeing they don't like and probably because of budgetary reasons but it just works you only really see it from what they can see and it's so cool and that goes into the other thing that i love is like how the pirates really only exist in silhouette and then you've got like the glowy red eyes at the end but i i don't need to see any more of them there's like one shot at the end when uh adrian barbeau's character stevie is on top of the lighthouse and it turns its head and you see like the worms coming out that's that's like the only mm-hmm. time you get any sort of glimpse but even then it's so fast it just works so well just that restraint yeah. mm-hmm. is awesome yeah it, look, it looks awesome it definitely accomplished what they were going for with little it was a million dollar budget they spent three times that on promotion for the movie Sheesh. I read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume from now on when you say film fact is something you read, so you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have All right. to. Well, should, I, should I still say I'm just kidding if I say a joke? <laughs> if we don't laugh. <laughs> uh, when you, I specifically wrote this line from seeing that pirate ship sails. I just put, I am in love with nautical things. I just got, this is why I was on my phone, like in my Instagram, trying to find when I got my tattoo, because I got this ship tattoo on September 2nd, and I just, I fucking love nautical shit. I don't know. Yeah, I felt awesome. like I had to write this line. But right before that, I wrote, in all caps, God, I love Stevie Wayne. Love. Yeah, she is such a cool yeah. character. And uh, the lighthouse radio station might be one of my top mm. 10 favorite movie set made up there's no yeah. real thing of that but it is so cool yeah. the lighthouse radio station is so ba my notes <laughs> yeah the uh and it's it, it's funny because it like has to be that kind of you know it's like we're having a it's a movie about the fog rolling off of the off the water and we're on a radio station so i'll just put it in a lighthouse and think people will buy it it's cool it's such a romantic like movie idea it's just so awesome but those stairs i mean that one scene when she opens up that gate and goes to walk down first off i thought she was gonna walk up to a lighthouse yeah me too same even in the rewatch i was like oh yeah she walks down yeah and that's a lot of steps yeah every day after a long ass shift and you gotta walk back up all those stairs oh my god yeah, absolutely her... not give me one of those like stair chairs oh like the uh, the old lady in gremlins is on the yeah right yeah and then she's got to go home and her kids are bringing her like beach trash and it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and at like one o'clock like her shift's over at one like that's yeah a, and you got to go up those I hope I hope there's some lighting up those stairs for nighttime. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you know, the glow, the reflection of the moon and the ocean. It's kind of kind of beautiful. <laughs> it's you strange. still get hurt. It's gorgeous. Uh, I do like the. Only works in the movies, 
or TV shows to have characters asking each other what their names are after they've had sex. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's your name, by the way? Yeah. How didn't I catch that? Elizabeth. And then his name is Nick Castle, and Nick Castle played Michael Myers. Yeah. Except for one shot when he, in the first movie when his mask comes off and he puts it back on, it's a different guy because... They wanted, like, a real hunky guy to play Michael Myers. So hunky. Hunky guy. Michael Myers' definition of hunky. If you're going to try to kill me, like, at least work out a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) What do you guys... What do you guys think of the the theme? Like, the main theme that goes out... Goes throughout the movie. It's a good... Oh, I thought you meant what? Do... Sematical murder, <laughs> pirates? No, I'm sorry. I meant musical theme. What do you do? You yeah. like it? It's very, it's very similar to the Exorcist and yeah. Halloween too. But um, I, really, yeah, because it's yeah, just yeah. that repeating sequence on a synthesizer. But they all work. Yeah, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, it, I, I'd agree with Eric. That, that familiar John Carpenter sound is pretty cool yeah yeah he's the best i put his uh nick nick's house is the tits oh yeah that house is off everyone's house in the everyone i did yeah i have another note later that just says every every house in this is pure perfection yeah they're great houses the uh, houses are sets who was it that um what someone was knocking on the door forever and then they went to the door and then they walked away yeah they opened it up was that was that was that was the um the guy with with too much lip right (laughs) yeah that yeah Yeah, but they only went away because the clock struck one right i mean that's still too many knocks like (laughs) he's not curious like that wasn't like you know fish jumping out of the water and smacking against the door or something like that that's like someone was there and it's one of them you know i would be sprinting back to bed Oh yeah, that's creepy. That's and he should have. Turned out it was a real fucking ghost. He should have ran back to the <laughs> Speaking of the time, there are a lot of clocks in this movie. There's a lot of like shots of mm-hmm. clocks, and and time plays a factor of like from noon to one is when the evil stuff happens. Mm-mm. Midnight. Or I said it was midnight to one. You said noon. Oh, noon to one. Yeah, that's a long time. Midnight to one. Uh. But what that also, but what that also does is it, it does help create tension too, when you're constantly reminded yeah. of time and like hurry up and be the time so they can go away. Very cool. Yeah. My next note that I think is really important is the child's name in the movie is Andy. How did you feel about that? I liked it. <laughs> I like feeling represented. It's nice. See, I'm I. I don't see a lot of movies or TV that has the word has the name Caleb in it. It's there, but it's very rare. So when I hear it, it kind of bugs me out a little bit because I'm not used to it. But Andy, yeah. I feel like, especially for, and I'm sorry to say, a child, uh, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like you hear it often. Yeah. Uh, I have two notes back to back on Andy. Uh, but this one doesn't have to do with him. But it just says, "Damn the cinematography when he was on the beach finding that wood." Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, so beautiful. 
But then my next note says, why would a kid go in and start opening the blinds of a parent's room? <laughs> yeah, that's a dick move. It, it's it, bad it, enough that your mom gets home at, like, after one. She's sleeping. He goes out to the beach by himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm no, just no, No floaties on his arms. No floaties. No helicopter parenting in this movie. Yeah. yeah right? He's the parent. He's going in and opening the blinds. Yeah, he that is, is such a weird. I don't think it, I it, even noticed it. Like the first it time, it does kind of remind me of that, like precocious, like Spielberg children. Yeah, that like act a little bit older than they are. Mm-hmm. He has a great line where he says, "Mom, can I get a stomach pounder and a coke?" I don't know <laughs> yeah, what a stomach. I what is a stomach that. pounder? I don't know. I I remember being like, "What." Let me look this up. Let me see. I got a, I got an open computer right here. I'm just going to Google it. We should keep you on every episode of the podcast as our uh, fact checker and Googler. Remember Tom Green when the guy was like in the little window, the Tom Green show on MTV? Yeah. I remember that show, but I don't remember a guy in a window. Yeah, he'd always just have a cup of coffee and he'd be laughing. Oh. <laughs> That's you. That's Sandy. Uh, let's see. A stomach pounder is a thick drink made of mixed ingredients like peanut butter and various other things that look like a milkshake. So he wants that and another drink. Yeah, but it's funny that it's like, it doesn't say it's a, it's a variation of milkshake in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It just comes out and says it's a thick drink. <laughs> I think like, well, this is a really weird, gross, like, soda that you put peanut butter in. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I have a... a you put peanut that- butter in this? <laughs> I have a note that just says Antonio Antonio Bay, which I that's not real, is it? I don't think so. I don't think Antonio I don't know. Bay. Yeah. I know because I know He's they shot there. in. Uh, <laughs> I know they shot in Bodega Bay. Yeah. For a lot of the like, those really wide shots of the like, the ocean and beach and when they're on the water and stuff, and Bodega Bay is where they shot the birds and John Carpenter being a big. Hitchcock fan, I bet he was like, I gotta shoot in Bodega Bay. And who could blame him? It's awesome. And it kind of, when they find the the sailor that has his eyes out, reminds me of when Mm -hmm. they find the guy in the birds that has his eyeballs out. I bet that was a little, how you doing? A little wink. To the birds. Caleb and I have discussed that uh, in our 50s, we shall get a summer home in the Bodega Bay. That'd be awesome. The yeah. yeah, not Antonio Bay though, because Antonio Bay is not real. Thank you, fact checker. Oh, thank God. Not real. It's actually called Point Reyes Station. It's a small, mm-hmm. unincorporated town in Marin County. Hmm. Nice. About a population of eight. How far away from you is that? That's yeah. probably I don't know, four to four to six hours. I don't know. It's like near San Francisco, think, yeah. Marin County. I think I looked up the distance one time between Los Angeles and yeah also everyone in this movie has a badass car yeah mm-hmm. I love the I love that she drives a car that's labeled for the radio station I don't know if that's a real thing yeah she's probably not supposed to be taking that out <laughs> I don't know what would she have to do like is she like a field reporter when she's not putting on like jazz music like she yeah drives around in the K A B. I only have 
two notes that are all caps. The first one was, God, I love Stevie Wayne. And then this other one is, the shots of her slash Jeep slash windy road slash fuck underlined. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, with the on the, on the oh, other side. Too beautiful. That jump scare when Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Atkins are in the truck and all the windows smash out at the same time. That gets me every time. I always forget that is going to happen. And, but what's hilarious is like later in the movie, they're all, you know, uh, those two and now Andy are in the car and they're driving the truck through the town like real fast. But there's no windows. Like that would be so hard to drive with no windshield. Yeah. And the wind is just whipping you in the face. face But hey, it's the movies. We buy it. Yeah, it's, I, I didn't, I didn't question it. Did you enjoy seeing um, Psycho's Janet Lee and Jamie Lee's mother? Yeah, yeah, that was very cool. That was only I know how they got her. Yeah, some nepotism, probably. You know, my mom acts. That's fine. <laughs> uh, no, him being a big psycho head, he was probably like, "Hey, Jamie, no, no, do it like this." Shut up, mom. <laughs> There probably was some of that. Yeah, he probably just hired Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween because he was hoping someday he could just work with her mom. <laughs> it was a back back doorway. Uh, okay. I, yeah, 20 years after Psycho. That doesn't That's seem... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that seems so, like... It seems really close together. It seems so close together. For I feel like movies that were made 20 years after The Fog are very different in contrast mm-hmm. than just going from 60 to 80. I don't right. know. It's weird. It's weird. It, it feels like there should be a way longer time is what I'm trying to say. I mean, this has nothing to do with movies, but I have a, a hard time like grasping time like that because mm-hmm. you know the 70s feel like so long ago like so old like there's no chance we could have ever been a part of it right and it was like a few years before we were born yeah and then like 90s to my nephew who's who's almost like he's 12 almost 13 but the 90s to him or the 80s or whatever like so much farther back you know what i mean or it's like the 70s i'm like well the 90s weren't that far back but yeah and yeah. how What's... much of what? the seventies, like we still have in our culture, and those are like, you know, always like talked about as like the best movies and all of that, and how much influence it still has. But it does; it feels like a century ago. Yeah. Or they they say what you've told me this that you saw the time between oh my god English the movie Greece was made X amount of years and it'd be like making a movie now in what year? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like fro okay, so Greece takes place in nineteen fifty eight, but it was made in nineteen seventy or would no the play. The play of Greece that was only like nineteen seventy three or something. And there's such a tiny little time it would be yeah, it would be like if we made a movie now about two thousand eleven or something. Yeah. It's so <laughs> those weird feel like, to me. Like, yeah, those feel like they're like centuries apart. It's I thought you were going to say that 
uh, we're closer, or Cleopatra was closer to the dinosaurs than we are to Greece. Have you ever heard that? Not yeah. the Greece part. But there's something with Cleopatra and dinosaurs that's I can't remember what it is. Mind boggling. I don't have I don't have the uh, facts on me, but if only you had some way of searching. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it. That's not uh, what the only the only note I have on Nancy Loomis as an actor, I think she's great. She's always funny. Uh, but her character is almost identical to Annie in Halloween. Like the same attitude. She's so oh, yeah. smart mouth. She dresses almost identical. Her hair is almost identical. Like there's really no difference between those two characters. But I like the character, so it's fine. That's funny. I wonder if she had a say in that because she does wardrobe. I wonder if she was like, I don't need to be. She just picks up. Well, the first time we see her, she's wearing this like weird, like Victorian nightgown looking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like she should be holding like a candle and yeah, have a cap on. Oh, well, in the book, in the book, when he pulls out the, uh, when the priest pulls out the book and he opens it up, did mm -hmm. you read the uh, little behind the scenes thing on that? No. Well, cuss words. Oh, is it? Uh... Yeah. You want to hear what it says? It's pretty, pretty nasty. All right. <laughs> Warning, listeners. Yeah, if you got kids in the car, pull over. <laughs> to What's what? That, what's that going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Free up your hands, I guess, so you can cover their ears. <laughs> so, yeah, when he opens the journal, it's some things are, you know, you can't really make out, but it says... My college education to working, I'm sorry, dot, dot, dot. My college education to work writing dumb shit in this fucking movie prop. It's time to bring in the nude girls with big tits, tattoos, and shaved beavers. <laughs> wow. I love it. That has nothing to do with. That's creepy. <laughs> creepy. All right, what was your, thank you for sharing that. that that's yeah, really... no problem. No, that's really bizarre. That's funny, though. <laughs> Um, I feel like I do have a lot of positive notes, but I do have some negative ones too. So I apologize, John Carpenter. I'm not shitting on your movie. However, Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween three guy in the autopsy room. I don't fucking buy it. It would never, never, ever, never happen. First of all. And then they leave her alone in there yeah. with the yeah. corpse. Never this is yeah. this breaks so many laws. The idea, the idea that they need to isolate her from them to make the zombie thing happen makes sense. But they would say, "Hey, do you mind stepping out for a second? She would go out into the hallway. Not they. They wouldn't go out into the hallway to have yeah. their conversation. If she was even, let's just say that she was even allowed in that room in the first place. Neither of them should have been. He's nobody to." To the autopsy place. Yeah, that's true. He's just a ship guy. But you do get the feeling, though, that him and the guy performing the autopsy, like, know each other because it's, like, a small Yeah, town. I know you, but you can't come behind the counter at my store. Sure, I guess. And, th and that's a little more important. Dead bodies. Well, it's weird, too. It's a weird scene in general because it's the only time you have, like, a zombie or somebody coming back to life. Yeah. And he only does it so he can write the number three right. on the ground, which is cool. That was and one of the one that was one of the scenes that was reshot. Is it? It it makes sense. 
it makes sense that it would be yeah. added later. I like the scene; it's fun, but the the you can poke holes on it in it pretty easily. It's a little silly. Uh, I really like the inner. I had it in this movie, by the way. Sorry, I was just gonna say I really like like the intercutting how they're they do a really good job. At, like sometimes mid scene, they'll cut to what somebody else is doing. Because it really adds yeah. to like when they're all together, except Adrian Barbeau at the end. But it works so well. I like that too. Anyway, what were you gonna say? Uh, well, a movie detail I noticed when I was watching it, and then this thought hit me. You know, when the cop was talking to the, <laughs> to the, they were talking on the phone, you know, the payphone, and then he says something, and then the the, the line goes out. And he starts like rattling the little receiver thing. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember payphones, but I'm not old enough to remember if that is a real thing, you know? Because, you know, like when they someone hangs up, it doesn't just go to that, like, tone. That's just movie stuff. Yeah, that is. And so, so like, the rattling of the receiver, I was like, I wonder if that's real or if that's just movie stuff. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's, like, an actor's business to, like, emphasize, like, hello? Are you still there? Like, their their tension or something? Yeah. But they always do it. People always do it in old movies. Yeah. I also wonder if it's like something that works and then people were like, oh shit, you just jiggle that thing and it like <laughs> kicks the ball back in crystal clear. You just yeah. move it around a lot. It doesn't hang up. If you hang up and you'd lose another 10 cents to make that call, it doesn't. That does remind me of something I wrote down though where I love everything that's happening. I think it's so great. in like the behavior of the pirate ghost is extremely consistent in the whole movie but the part that uh -huh. makes me laugh every time is so dumb is the pirates know to disconnect the like the power lines <laughs> like it's it makes sense later like i can buy it more when it the the fog is rolling in and it goes to like the main uh electrical grid and shuts mm -hmm. everything down that's fine it's still dumb but when it specifically knocks out a phone line that happens to be the phone line being used for that specific call is so funny yeah yeah one of those ghosts was born the wrong time for you <laughs> he was back then he was trying to tell people someday there's gonna be phones okay charlie <laughs> i mean it <laughs> hey swab the deck Okay. That's Charlie, I don't know. <laughs> uh also I uh I love the um the wood plank scene where it's dripping on the mechanics and the um the lighthouse radio station. Yeah. And then it changes to saying six will die. Like that whole thing is really cool. And like the and like you hear the ghostly voice, the voice of the guy saying what time of day it is or or is it's like repeating like the name of the radio station yeah and then it turns into like a ghost voice on like warped uh audio tape sounds really yeah. cool that part legit uh had me concerned about like thinking about how expensive that equipment was probably at that time. i know same I was, like, I was like there's just so many like tape decks on this thing and that thing's getting fucking wet as, yeah. as but then That's it dried up hard. 
overall, like, all of the scenes of Adrian Barbeau, like, in the lighthouse turning on tapes and every time she hits the on the air button and that sound it makes uh-huh. and it lights up, all of that stuff. I just love watching people hit switches in movies. I just think it's so <laughs> yeah. cool. Like in Star Wars when they're doing the Millennium Falcon stuff and they're running around and Alien has some really good ones. I yeah. just love that stuff. And it reminded me of um, what Brian De Palma would do in, in did you see Blowout? Yeah, a long time ago. Where it's just like him running around and putting tape on a tape deck and oh yeah, yeah i love that stuff it's like when you watch those like mr rogers when they go to the crayon factory uh-huh and like how people love watching like on youtube like how paper's made and stuff oh yeah yeah i love how it's made i watch that all the time uh i have a note that says i'm glad the pirates are courteous enough to knock they could just go through the windows yeah yeah yeah, I think the, no- the knocking on a door in horror movies is really creepy. Like, it, it is very effective. Like, if I was a- alone at night and there was pounding on the door, like, that would be incredibly scary. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it works, but I just, I was just thinking of the logistics of that. Like, they could just come in. Like, they do yeah. at the end. At the end, they start going through, like, the church windows. You think they could just like seep under the cracks because they're fog sometimes? Foggy ghosts. Oh yeah. Why did they do that? They do it sometimes. They do it. I never thought that. Not, you know, only when it's convenient for them. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Well, it's like Roger Rabbit. It's like Roger Rabbit rules. He can only do certain things when it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any good more good notes? Well, speaking of like horror movies tropes mm-hmm. um always always people always having car trouble it yeah. really gets on my nerves i'm not gonna lie the car with with the tire is in like the pothole and and i put it's pretty silly the car, the car trouble in horror movies and this one lasted a little too long yeah that one that one's ridiculous and there's no way there's no Nothing happens that makes them get out of it. They just do. It's just a thing that she's been trying to do over and over again. Works. Mm -hmm. It's not like they go out and, you know, Tom Atkins. Yeah, yeah. she just shakes shakes into the back of the seat a little hard enough. (laughs) It's funny. It's like, I imagine John Carpenter having like, that was the first conversation after they said they needed to make it longer. Yeah. I mean, we have a couple shots of, like, the car rocking back and forth. <laughs> if they don't like the fucking movie and they want it longer and scarier, we'll make the car seem longer and scarier. How's that? Come on, John. Um, the, okay, so all I have left is, just relates to the stuff that's in the church. I love, um, I love the design of movies where, you know, you, get, you start wide and then it gets, like, narrower and narrower at the end so them all being trapped in this church and then adrian barbeau's there we're intercutting with that to the lighthouse once again that intercutting stuff just works so well uh mm-hmm. creating that tension um i just love i don't know i just love all these characters and it's it's so fun when they finally like meet up and the priest is like kind of drunk 
at first. Oh, then, yeah. How about, how about that? When he, but when then he, he isn't drunk. <laughs> yeah, but what about when they're in the, when uh, Janet Lee is in the church or whatever, and she's like walking around and she's like looking around, and then all of a sudden he just like rises from the grave <laughs> and he's like, hello. And then she's like, oh, Jesus, or whatever. It's it funny makes that no like, sense. yeah, why was he, why, you know, they wanted to make it scary and like he came out of the shadows, but he didn't even just come out of the shadows. He raised like a vampire. <laughs> I love the I love all the stuff with the cross that big gold cross mm-hmm. I think that's so cool and there's a couple shots though when you see it where it looks like painted like tin foil yeah. for, the, for the gold but when the when the cross lights up and they're fighting over it and the light that's like the source of light for the scene is that cross it looks so cool and that's when you see like right before that that's where you first see like the glowing eyes of the pirate what's the main pirate's name do you remember no i was just thinking about that because the uh blake Blake. good job blink yeah blake blake um when uh the makeup artist uh rob botten i guess asked uh john carpenter if he could be that character yeah, he said yeah because he was like six and a half feet tall. But I was thinking that's really funny. But granted, like John Carpenter does horror movies and there's like blood. He's probably working with the makeup department a lot, you know. Yeah. But it just seems funny to just be in a department, be the be the head of a department. You know, there's a few of them <laughs> on the film set, and be like, "Hey, uh, you care if I play this part?" <laughs> like, that's yeah, that's so pretty, forward. Pretty, I like it. Yeah. But, but knowing, I don't know, John Carpenter does seem like the kind of guy that's like, if it's going to make things easier for me and I don't have to worry about casting, sure, please. Like, he yeah. just seems like he's just wants to get it. Like, just from interviews, he just seems like he would be the kind of guy that's like, let's just get this over with. I just want to, yes, okay, you're tall enough. Let's go. Yeah. It's the same reason, like, I think also I read one time that the reason why he uses character names over again and just people that he knows is because he feels like it's a waste of time to sit there and try to come yeah. up with names. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I know some names. <laughs> these work. I know a couple names. Yeah, these work. Um, I have I have a Stevie Wayne comment as well that says, Stevie Wayne, best character, and Adrian Barbeau just does so much with a little bit. There is a repeated beat of, like, character action that's kind of funny is every time she's talking on the radio she's leaning in and doing this and then immediately when she's done she's just like oh like she's just like (laughs) god this job but they do that like five times yeah it it was making me laugh i was just like i should be counting these like it's so funny but uh i do you guys have anything else? All I have left is I that do. I just think the ending is great. I like the, because by the I remember what, even on the rewatch that I did when you watched it for the first time, Erica, uh, I forgot I had completely forgot about like oh six people are supposed to die, yeah. And then when he's in the church, I remember saying to you like, oh yeah, isn't one more person? He said it, yeah. And then, yeah, and then the fog rolls in. and It's such a cool ending. Yeah. I love it so much. It is. I, I do have one last note on Stevie. Yeah. I 
I loved that she just turned her broadcast into like a self therapy appointment for a minute. Because yeah. she's like, she's not even like, you know, at first she's like, somebody get my son. Somebody get him. He's at this address. That's fine. You're asking for help. But then it just turns into like, yeah. I'm sorry I couldn't be there for you. And then she's just like talking about like. Right. And like, and also the the, the pirates are only needing to kill six people. So I'm assuming that this fog is only like, the, like the pirates are only attacking the people that we're seeing. So that broadcast had to be really fucking weird for <laughs> anybody else that was listening. Yeah. And... Also, it's like, take the night off. I mean, you can't, I mean, maybe you have a ton of listeners, but just like. I think it's more about the lighthouse because she does give, that's why, that's why that guy, that's why the the one guy keeps calling to Dan. the weatherman. Yeah, he I think those two had a little something. Well, he was trying. She wasn't. She wasn't going for it. Maybe like. Oh no! Did he die? He died. He dies. His character name is Dan O'Bannon, and Dan O'Bannon was in real life a writer who wrote uh, Alien. Oh yeah. He, he was friends with uh, Carpenter. Once again. My buddy just doesn't try with these names. <laughs> blatantly, just blatantly gives them the full name. Well, I'm all out of notes. Does anybody have anything else they wanted to say about the fog? I have three last notes. Yeah. I'd love to hear those notes. I'm going to read them all together, obviously, because they're the only notes left, but they do go together. We've got, I don't want to die the way Father Malone dies. Mm. A sword to the neck? I don't want to die. That I even drew this emoji face. It's a sad face. You guys can't see it, but... Well, it's like this. Oh, it's not like just sad. St- like stressful yeah. mouth open. My next note says, I don't want to die. And my note after that is just a sad face. Wow. Feeling some existential dread. <laughs> Fun movie, Thanks dude. a lot, Fog. <laughs> Well, Andrew, well, maybe they'll come any... up with something like a pill we can take where we can live longer. I don't know. We're in the 20s already. Who knows? You're right. <laughs> Who knows? What about you? Do you have anything? I just had a couple bad jokes that I didn't uh, put in throughout this. So Do you want to read any of them? Let's hear them. Uh, my name's Andy, and so is the little boy in the movie. Similarly, I was at my grandma's house before she died, too, but it wasn't the fog that took her. It was the cancer. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And then the only other thing that I was going to try to drop in here was that it, it didn't work naturally in the beginning, but the I uh, was going to say, these folks live in the fog. These guys with blades, there's guys with blades inside the smoke. So but that, I'd left that out because it didn't work, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Well, I think we can wrap this up. Thank you so much, Andy. This really means a lot yeah, to have you as our, our first guest. We didn't get into our personal history, but you and I have known each other a really long time mm-hmm. since um, maybe junior high or something. I can't remember. but Yeah, summer before seventh grade for me. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember You're a that. year older than Andrew? Yeah. Wow. You're older. You're wiser. <laughs> You know, yeah. Andy was also the best man in our wedding, which That's is true. like only when he got married. Uh, 
I wasn't so best, so. <laughs> it was two people there. Oh, yeah. And it was also COVID-19. COVID um, well, thank you so much, though, for real, for doing this. And I couldn't imagine a better first guest. How Never. about you? Never in a whole million years. Did you have fun doing it? Did you think it was? Yeah. And I felt like it was. I felt like it was smooth. I think it was smooth. Yeah. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, and it's a it's a stupid name, so you probably won't be able to look it up. But it's Andy A N D Y underscore G U T S twenty one. So nice. that's my name on Instagram and Twitter. But I got about six followers there. And what, what's your Twitter name? Is your Twitter name the same? Andy Goshi. Oh, okay. We can put all that in the show notes. Yeah. I we... just always wanted to say that. Wow. Cool, <laughs> cool dude. I appreciate being in the show notes. It, it, yeah, unless there's a clickable thing, no one's going to do it. No, but for real, thank you again. Thank you. And we've yeah. been trying to come up with like a, a sign-off. What was yours? Good watching. Good watching. Mine was have a nice movie. They're all terrible. I don't know. I like them. Have a nice movie. So do you have an idea for a sign-off? Sign-off? Let me think. Um, uh, Movies. I love them. (laughs) It's pretty good.